You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session. Tales from the twilight world of myth, mystery, and imagination. The idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult, supernatural, and paranormal from an analytical standpoint. We're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses, and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that, whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. This is the Spectral Skull Session, and I am your host, Dane. A major congressional whistleblower hearing today has everyone's socks blown off, not because we heard any new particulars about the UFOs, but more for the larger implications it has for government secrecy, Congress making new inroads into the investigation of unidentified aerial phenomena in America's skies and in the secret government project warehouse back rooms with the Senate taking up new legislation to start declassifying UFO files and a major whistleblower hearing broadcast live on national television just today, July 26th. But first, some quick announcements. This is a special report. So it's a timely breaking news at the moment. And uh, this preempts our coverage of Whitley Strieber. The Whitley Strieber episode is written, but I have to sit down and record it. And so that should come out next week. And then the other announcement, uh, check out, I was on the uh, Seattle radio just today. I gave an interview to the Jason Ranch show about the congressional whistleblower hearing. I'm very thankful uh, to have been on the Jason Ranch show. It was great to be there. I've never been on radio before. And so if you want, you can check that out to hear me uh, nervously, um, not really getting <laughs> nervously coming off probably as a bit of a fool. But he did let me say some things about what the show is and why it matters and what we're doing on the Spectral Skull session, which I'm very grateful for. Okay, so let's start off with the congressional situation. Um, so... There was a hearing scheduled for today. It was the Committee on Oversight and Accountability, and they brought in two Air Force pilots, Commander David Fravor, 41, Ryan Graves, 37. Uh, They're both former Air Force pilots who had close encounters. Fravor saw the famous uh, UFO that looked like a Tic Tac breath mint while flying an F-18 off the coast of California in 2004. You can see that footage. Uh, it's been declassified. It's the Go Fast video. And then Ryan Graves uh, served in combat in Iraq. He reported multiple close encounters over the Atlantic in 2014. Now he's head of the ASA, an organization for aerospace safety and national security that supports pilots and other aerospace professionals who are encountering unidentified And so, and then the third guy, alleged UFO whistleblower David Grish, uh, 36-year-old former Air Force veteran, served in Afghanistan, worked for two different national security intelligence organizations, 
and he was tasked to investigate UFOs in an internal Pentagon program from 2021 to 2022. Now he's blowing the whistle about what he discovered. And um, let me say something quickly that this was stuff that we've heard before in the sense that these guys didn't say anything very new. I think one new thing was that Grush came out and said that he's spoken to precisely 40 people inside the intelligence community who reported to him that they were involved in these secret programs to back engineer UFOs. And so everything else, I think the talk about we're back engineering UFOs, it's been covered up. We have advanced technology. We have an alien body. Uh, he called it a biologic. That stuff we have heard before, you know, back in, in June. So the main significance of this event, couple, actually two things. First of all, when it comes to UFO skepticism, it's important to have people who have seen the UFOs firsthand. And it's important to have people who have documentation. Because I've noticed that the skeptics have a sort of a, two different ways of coming at you. When somebody sees something in the sky, they say, well, you were drunk, you're unreliable, you're lying, maybe you're getting paid, maybe you're in it for money or fame. So there's sort of ad hominem attacks. And, and there's some reasonableness to that, because should we ever accept any one particular testimony, you know, as fact about something so extraordinary? But they'll go after, you know, the individual, right? There's skepticism about, well, did you really see it? And then when people have documentation, whether it's sensor data or whether they're saying I have a paper trail or an interview trail that goes back to some secret concealed program, the skeptics will say, well, well, you didn't see it with your own eyes. This is all hearsay. So they kind of hit you either way, right? And so I think it's valuable to have, they had people who had firsthand seen the UFOs, these fighter pilots in the room with a guy who has the documentation, the paper trail. So that I think is important to get those guys together, get that on the congressional record. The main theme of the hearing for me, obfuscation. Everyone who spoke, including the people who called this meeting, um, raised issues about the government trying to conceal what it knows. So the Air Force veterans talked about the continuing stigmatization of UFO reporting. So pilots who see these things inside the Air Force are discouraged from reporting. They're laughed at. The Air Force officials do not want to have to report this stuff to Congress. They don't really want to get attention when their pilots are seeing things in the sky. Grush, again, you know, he's the guy who has filed two whistleblower complaints. One saying, I've talked to people who are working on illegally concealed UFO programs. And then he filed another whistleblower complaint saying they retaliated against me illegally when I filed my first whistleblower complaint. And so he had to leave the government. Career was ended because of what he was doing. And so that's obfuscation, denying, inveigling. Uh, and then the congressional uh, representatives who called this, this hearing. So it was uh, Tim Burchett of Kentucky and Anna Polina Luna of Florida. They are saying, look, we're experiencing the obfuscation, the stonewalling firsthand. Six days ago, they did a press conference saying they were outside Eglin Air Force Base because there were some whistleblowers, pilots who had seen something, had photos and wanted to talk to Congress. They were going through the formal channels that have been established by previous legislation. And yet 
they were blocked. They were told they could not have a field hearing by the commander of that base, of Eglin Air Force Base, at Eagle Air Force Base in Florida. And so they threw a fit. They called the House Armed Services Committee chairman. And so they were able to meet with some of those pilots. They said they never got the photos. And then just last night, we heard from Anna Polina Luna that she had been removed from the committee. She was supposed to be a co-chair. She was removed. Instead, they had, uh, what was his name? They had Glenn Grothman, Republican from Wisconsin, chair it. And uh, Tim Birch had said himself, he also said, um, this was a mistake. I'm angry about it, but it's just politics. But it seemed like straightforward they were being retaliated against because they threw a stink about the Air Force concealing information. And so that's the main theme. We're really seeing that the intelligence community and the military do not want to tell us what they know, even when they're legally obligated to do so by Congress, by congressional legislation. So that's a huge problem. The other big thing that came out of this, I thought, was the ongoing bipartisanship, the bipartisan interest in UFOs, because I was surprised. Uh, We saw Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She was there. She attended the meeting and she asked really good questions. Um, And she basically, her last question, she said to Grush, if you were me, where would you look? Like, what do I need to do to follow up on all of this? And Grush said he has a list of witnesses, both friendly and hostile. So hostile, they don't want to talk to you, but they know things that they are concealing. And he will share that list with her in private. A lot of questions were asked in general about, well, how do we investigate more? And Grush basically just kept saying, I can only talk to you. Either he said he would talk to you after the meeting, or he said, I can only talk about that in a classified hearing. And of course, Burchett and Annapolina Luna are frustrated because they've been denied access to these classified uh, meetings. They call them skiffs because they have to have some kind of special equipment to keep the meeting classified so that no one can electronically eavesdrop. But they do not have clearance for whatever reason. And... Um, But no, no. So AOC asked great questions, and I was really happy to see her there. Popular Democratic Congresswoman from New York. Some of the meanest questions came from uh, Representative Burleson from Missouri. He said, I'm from Missouri. It's the show me state. He said, how could these things crash if they're from an advanced civilization that came light years to get here? How could they make such simple mistakes? And David Grush said, well, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Like, we have very advanced technology ourselves. We've been working on planes for decades. And, um, well, they still crash from time to time. And then uh, Burleson said, I've heard you say that these things might be interdimensional. Can you elaborate on that? And Grish said, well, that's just theoretical. I don't have any, any like testimonial or eyeball evidence that these things are interdimensional. But he did invoke the holographic principle He said, you know, the current state of quantum mechanics suggests there are other dimensions. It's theoretically possible to project something from one dimension into another. So interesting there, he's bringing in his knowledge of science and technology. Burleson said, what about Occam's razor? Wouldn't it make sense that these things are just domestic craft that are being concealed from other parts of the government? And Grush said, yeah, but the recoveries predate our advanced programs. Grush has previously pointed to a recovery that took place allegedly under the Mussolini dictatorship in Italy. 
which was then transferred to the United States after the collapse of Axis powers at the end of World War II. And so, um, yeah, he his critical questions from Burleson were met quite well by Grush. And uh, that's it. Really, it was a good hearing, I thought. And I think it was a good hearing because we saw uh, American representatives coming together in a bipartisan way. And we really saw our own representatives from Congress trying to stand up to the security state, saying these guys are doing stuff that's illegal. Tim Burchett said explicitly, they answer to us, right? The, the military works for us, the people, so they can't keep these things secret. I like to see that because, you know, Congress, they're supposed to declare war. They haven't declared war since World War II. They're supposed to control the purse strings of the military. They almost never question a military budget, even though the military can't keep track of their own budget. Congress just kind of waves them through, generally increases their budget every year. And so I'm glad to see Congress standing up. I actually hope there's a possibility that we'll get larger oversight and sort of that this could snowball into a more democratic control over the national security organs, the military and the intelligence community. Um, the UFOs will be a kind of wedge issue that'll get oversight to the attention of the American people. Now, um, let's move on to Chuck Schumer. Now, he's in the Senate. And what they want to do over there in the Senate is they are proposing legislation to create a declassification program. They're calling it the Controlled Disclosure Campaign Plan. The idea is that there'll be a nine-member review board that will review UFO-related documentation. They will decide what is too sensitive to release immediately. And those records will be subject to what they call a benchmark-driven plan with recommendations for the exact time they may be appropriately disclosed to the public. And then their recommendations go to the president, who has the final word on disclosure. And uh, so I'm glad that the Senate is taking this up and they're proposing some legislation. I don't know that this is really what we want because, well, the military and intelligence community already are part of the executive branch, right? The president is the head of the armed forces and the intelligence community answers to the president as part of the national security apparatus. So the president already should have this authority to force disclosure. And I think what is happening here is that this legislation would really just kind of create the appearance of a disclosure plan. And then they could definitely just say, well, we're going to disclose these documents in a thousand years, or the president could overwrite it. And Tim Burchett said in the committee today, you know, um, they were supposed to disclose the JFK assassination information that's been classified decades ago. And just recently, we heard from President Biden that he's not going to disclose it. And uh, it's ridiculous because everybody involved in that has been dead for years. And so this plan that Schumer has proposed seems very similar to the JFK um, disclosure program. In fact, the New York Times said it was explicitly modeled on the JFK program. As I've gotten older, I've really shifted towards the view that something happened with JFK, that he was involved in some kind of, uh, not that he was involved, but that he was assassinated through a conspiracy. And it's really, for me, it's just, I think it's so ridiculous. They've got to be hiding something if they won't declassify the information. And so some people are skeptical of that. We'll say, you know, the government is just uh, classification crazed. So our government just will classify just about everything they can get their hands on. And we've seen the effects of that, that we've had 
three prominent politicians in the past eight years, I think. Uh, I think now it's maybe closer to 10. So three prominent politicians have been caught up in improper disclosure-related shenanigans, right? Hillary Clinton had the email scandal. Oh, she was Secretary of State and she wasn't handling classified materials properly. She often says that cost her the election in 2016. We had Trump. He's probably going to prison now because he ran off with a bunch of classified documents. We have um, President Biden found some classified documents in his car. It was parked in a garage. He had a Corvette with boxes of documents in it. If we are having a bipartisan problem where politicians who have access to classified material are not capable of meeting the standards imposed upon them by the national security state, maybe we should relax those standards. Because I think it's ridiculous to have politician after politician uh, caught up in these scandals. Like, it might just be impractical to have somebody who's involved in making decisions and seeing classified information actually keep that stuff secret. And uh, I'm not going to make judgment on any particular of the three cases I just talked about, but I just point out there seems to be a bipartisan trend here that it is too difficult for civilian representatives to meet the expectations of the national security state. But uh, I don't see how this committee is going to solve anything because we've seen that their classification craze extends to the JFK assassination situation. And so uh, at least, at least this legislation in its current form isn't going to do it. Although I'm hopeful that they will maybe amend it. And uh, I'd just like to see, here's what I'd like to see. How about we have independent people? Let's select some people from science, industry, and academia. Let's run them through security clearance and make sure, you know, give them the lie detector test and check their background that they're not taking money from people overseas or they're not in a secret relationship with some foreign national. And then um, let's put them on an independent review board and have them decide. And maybe the military needs to talk to them and say, well, here's why we can't we can't declassify this. We can't declassify this because it's a secret program that we're calling a UFO. I think we're at that point where that's what we need. We need an independent committee to make these judgments. They might need to have security clearance. But, you know, Elon Musk has security clearance. And uh, a lot of that stuff is political. If you're important to the U.S. government, they'll find a way to get you a security clearance. And um, that's all there is to it. I don't, I don't feel good about the Senate legislation the more I think about it. But what we're seeing is that Congress is taking this issue seriously and they're moving to investigate. And so that's just an update that I wanted to give you all. The Whitley-Strieber thing is very close to coming out. I'm going to break that up into two different episodes. I'm going to do Whitley-Strieber and abductions, the abduction phenomenon. I have unique take now on abductions. I formed a tentative hypothesis about what's going on with the abduction phenomenon, or at least how we can explore it more rigorously. And then that follow-up episode, I'm going to delve into Whitley Strieber's connections to the occult and trace his occultism back to a early 20th century Armenian sage and mystic. And so it's fascinating stuff to see how we can follow the UFO trail back into an occult tradition. For now, everybody, enjoy your summer. Check out the Jason Rants podcast. 
it's a news program that airs on the radio, but they release it as a podcast. It's R-A-N-T-Z. Uh, if you just check that out, that would be great because I'd like for that show that they did with me to get some downloads. That would be, I would really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. I have been Dane. Until next time, stay strange and stay sane.